There are now more people in hospital with COVID than when we went into lockdown on March the 23rd, and deaths are already rising. It is safe to say Europe is now firmly in the grip of a second wave of the coronavirus infection. And leaders in the region are imposing stricter restrictions, like UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. The very high alert level will apply where transmission rates are rising most rapidly and where the NHS could soon be under unbearable pressure without further restrictions. In these areas, the government will set a baseline of prohibiting social mixing indoors and in private gardens and, I'm sorry to say, closing pubs and bars. French President Emmanuel Macron. If we stick to this curfew for six weeks, if we take collective responsibility for reducing our contacts, we think that we'll be able to progressively reopen at that stage. And German Chancellor Angela Merkel. We must call especially on young people to do without a few parties now in order to have a good life tomorrow or the day after. Today, we're going to take a look at the record-breaking infection rates in Europe and how they are now handling the second wave. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Eighty percent of European countries are seeing an increase in COVID-19 cases. That's according to the World Health Organization's Maria Van Kerkhove. Here she is on CNN last week. It's not just the cases that we're worried about. We're seeing a large increase in hospitalizations. We're seeing an increase in ICU rates across a number of countries. But it's not uniform across every country in every city. There are hot spots. Some of the most affected European countries include France, the UK, Russia, Spain, and the Netherlands. In recent weeks, Poland, Belgium, and the Czech Republic have also seen sharp increases in COVID-19 infections. Now, their responses to the increasing infection rates have varied. And as Van Kerkhove said, there isn't a one-size-fits-all plan that can be employed across the board. The way that they are tailored, the way that they are used and targeted uh, needs to be specific to the country, needs to be specific to look at the demographics of the country, the way that people live. If you live in a single-family home, which many people in Sweden do, versus multi-generational homes, there's lots of considerations that need to be taken into account when you think of the approach that's used. Let's take a look at France. In that country's hardest-hit areas, President Macron has instituted a 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew that will carry a $160 fine if violated. The president said he's aiming to reduce private contacts between people who don't live together. Now, last week, the positivity rate in Paris reached 17%, which one health minister said was their record high. Paris mayor Anne Hidalgo tweeted the importance of adhering to the new restrictions. She tweeted, quote, Faced with the heavy circulation of COVID-19 in France and Paris, we must remain united and apply the measures announced by the President of the Republic, even if they are harsh. It is a new ordeal, and we will face it together and in solidarity with caregivers. But not everywhere is so in sync. Each of the United Kingdom's four nations is taking a different strategy to stem the rise in coronavirus cases. 
That's CNN reporter Salma Abdelaziz. Wales announced it will ban travelers from entering the region from coronavirus hotspots that are in England, Northern Ireland and Scotland. Here in Liverpool, the first city to fall under England's new COVID alert system. Restrictions are in place that shut down pubs, bars, casinos, gyms, and households are banned from mixing together indoors. This was also met with resistance by Liverpool's local city council. Officials here saying Prime Minister Boris Johnson's government has failed to communicate and coordinate their strategy. All of these debates taking place as the number of coronavirus infections continues to rise across the United Kingdom. London Mayor Sadiq Khan has called for stricter measures across the country and said he supports a so-called circuit breaker lockdown. That's essentially a short, intense nationwide lockdown. Scientists have said this could be better for the economy and more effective at slowing the spread. But so far, Prime Minister Johnson is against it. Germany's Chancellor Merkel is also limiting social gatherings and closing bars in hard-hit areas at 11 p.m. The country is seeing record-high case reports, with more than 7,100 people being diagnosed in one day last week. For comparison, the second-highest cases reported in one day was back in March just under 7,000. We can see the infection figures curve is going up, in some cases very steeply, and that we have a very high incidence of infections in certain regions of Germany. We are also in a different season. Back then it was March and spring was around the corner. Now we are heading into the winter months. The Netherlands, Russia and Italy are also seeing rising infection rates and beginning to impose or consider imposing new restrictions. Europe's leaders are trying to cut off a potentially devastating second wave of deaths without further damaging their country's economies. It's going to be a while before we can understand the human cost of this sort of strategy. Here's CNN international anchor Cyril Vanier. Until recently, this second wave appeared to come with a silver lining. It seemed less dangerous than the first. More asymptomatic cases, fewer patients in intensive care, and fewer deaths. But that could be changing. In several European countries, the rate of hospitalizations is now trending up. And in Italy, which was hard hit in the first wave, CNN's Ben Wiedemann gives us a sense of what's happening on the ground in Naples. Day after day, Italy is reporting record increases in the number of new coronavirus cases. But at the same time, Italy is testing like never before at this hospital here in Naples. Seven days a week, at least a thousand tests are conducted quickly and for free. Five times as many tests are being conducted now than at the height of the first wave in March. A once unwieldy process, now routine. The number of new cases is erupting in Italy, and the peak of this wave is far off. Better prepared this time, Italy is still bracing for a long, hard winter. Although the United States is still considered to be in the first wave, we need to be paying attention to what's happening in Europe, especially with cooler weather and flu season now upon us. In September, the United States hit 7 million coronavirus cases, more than double the European Union's total count. That's a worrisome statistic, especially given that we are a smaller population than that continent. So if we can learn anything from Europe's second wave, it's that getting a handle on the virus for a short period doesn't guarantee anything in the long term. The fight will continue into next year, and we have to stay strong and vigilant. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo 
and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.